Hey there, welcome to another episode of Generation on a Mission. Oh my gosh, it's been a doozy. So I have a question. What do you do on those days when there just doesn't seem like a way out because your preschooler is lacking on sleep and life has just been turned somewhat upside down? That is where I am right now. It's a real joy, real joy. So today we're going to strap on for a doozy of an episode. So let's get pumped up and dive into six things to keep in mind on those days to help you change your perspective and get you through those trying moments of the three-nage years. I just learned about the three-nage years. I had never heard of that. I thought it was clever, so here I am using it. So let's dive on in. Here we go. Hey there, mama. If you want to raise empowered kids who actually listen while parenting biblically, you're in the right place. Not only does this podcast help you strengthen their spiritual gifts and walk in purpose at a young age, but it also teaches you how to parent with intention. Welcome to the Generation on a Mission podcast, where we focus on fostering our children's leadership skills so they can become world changers. Hi, I'm Michelle Schaff, former classroom educator turned parent educator, blogger, and podcaster, all while changing dirty diapers, drinking lukewarm coffee, and leaning on Jesus. Grab your headphones, whip out the tata, and start feeding your baby. We've got some learning to do. First of all, I want you to know that I am just like you, Mama. I see you. I am trudging through the trenches with you. It is so hard. It's tough. And there are days that seem so long for me too, especially now that the honeymoon phase of our current life change has passed. My preschooler was holding it together with the changes and I was like, whoa, he's doing great. And now his feelings are starting to come out. And the hard part is that he doesn't know how he's feeling because this is new territory for him. And that's leading to some new, more intense behaviors on top of him being three. The days of three-year-olds are so challenging as it is already. They're like a little light switch, you know? So on their game most of the time, then literally like nothing in the world or, you know, that's what it seems like, sucks all the kindness and motivation and all the good things out of them like a little vacuum and just slurping up every last drop of good behavior left leading to dawdling defiance and bossiness and even aggressive behaviors. Well, odds are it's probably, uh, most likely normal and that it's just a phase. We've talked about how preschoolers and toddlers need that outlet, right? No? No? We haven't talked about that? Okay. Well, here's a good reminder. Toddlers and preschoolers need to get out their behaviors, their frustrations, their negative energy, just like us as adults. But the kicker is, is that they still don't know how to express themselves. And here's a friendly reminder that they can't hold it together 100% of the time, especially when their routines are thrown off or they're overly tired or they got a case of the hanger. It's simply an unrealistic expectation to expect them to never melt down or throw a temper tantrum. And who is the one close by to be the outlet of their frustrations? That'd be you, mama. Yes, <laughs> lucky you. Yes, parenthood is called an act of love for a reason. You get the brunt of all the negative behaviors, which is tough when you're the one home with them most or even all of the time. Like we've talked about before though, there are reasons why your toddler is acting out. They are just now starting to develop life inside their souls and they have this realization that there is so much more out there than just listening to mommy tell them no no they're realizing that well they can refute that and then try to see what happens when they do and they're also like the world is my oyster um and what does that even mean i have no idea but they're like i have no limits oh wait Mom is telling me no, nah, I'm gonna pass on that one. But they don't know how exactly to tell you that they don't like the infringement upon their explorative rights that you have laid upon them. So they scream at you instead. 
or try to throw a punch at you. Or maybe you're even familiar with the classic, you know, you do something they don't like and they tell you, put it back or go away, I don't like you. Whoa, I did not see that coming from my once tamed, well-respectable toddler. No, I did not. So how do you handle that? The bossiness, the aggression, these screams, what do you do? Especially when it's a phase that's new or even one that's lingering. That's the tough part. When, when phases are lingering, what do you do? Well, it's complex because you want them to express themselves. You want to reinforce that having these emotions are healthy and that they need to get out their frustration, but there's got to be some discipline tied to it when they keep toting the line or even when they repeatedly make unkind choices. You still have to let them know that it's not okay to treat you or anyone unkindly and that there are kind ways to express themselves and treat others even in those most frustrating moments. It's so dynamic, but we have to remember that our overall goal is to remind them that they are loved despite the behaviors and that they are here to make the world a better place. And they can do that by spreading kindness, not by yelling at people, being bossy, hitting, or just being aggressive because they're frustrated. That's not okay, right? No. So we have to help them learn through that. So here are six things to remember as your toddler is moving through the terrible threes and is feeling all the emotions. First and foremost, you have to be there for them, which is the hardest thing to do when you are in the midst of a hardcore moment or a hardcore day. You have to remind them that they are loved, but you can't be a softy on them when they are acting unkindly toward you or toward someone else, and that is so important. A no, no, or even a no thank you isn't gonna cut it. You gotta tell them that you love them, but you have to be honest about how you feel as well. You're not a toy. You're not an object. You're a human and so is whoever else they wrong. You and everyone else deserve their respect just as they deserve your respect. That's when you hunker down and say, I love you and I understand you're frustrated. You want to stay up and play and I understand that's frustrating for you, but it's not kind to hit. It hurts when you hit and I don't like it. Please don't hit me. You can even throw in a, do I hit you when I'm upset? Or perhaps sometimes I get angry, but I don't hit you because it's not kind. Would you like it if I hit you when I was upset? And odds are they'll say no, but it gets their wheels spinning about what would happen if the situation was flipped. And that helps build empathy, which is a great skill and a needed skill to have as they move throughout life. If they still continue on with the behavior, that's when you remind them that's not a kind way to treat others and that's not how we solve problems. In fact, oftentimes it leads to bigger problems. It's okay to ask them what made them feel that way and how they are feeling and have empathy for them, but that's when you remind them that the unkind actions that they make have consequences, which might result in a timeout or a lost privilege. For us, the unkind behaviors means that our preschooler loses one of his TV shows at the end of the day or even a bed buddy. And this is after he's had some time to himself, after we've talked it out with him, after we've made it right with the people he wronged, after talking about it and practicing alternative solutions as to how to handle the problem, and he proceeds to make the unkind choice again anyway. There has to be discipline. There just has to be. The next thing to keep in mind is I actually just referenced this uh, right before this, and it is so important to validate their emotions. You have to let them know that you know how they feel. You can't just sweep their emotions under the rug because you don't feel them like they do. What's little to you is huge to them. And it's so important to remember that. You're here to help them figure out how to discern their emotions and teach them the right ways to handle them because every problem is a volcano-sized problem at this age. And plus, well, you know, looking at it from a different perspective, how would you feel if you brought up a problem to, say, your boss that you thought was a big deal and he just told you, yeah, you know, just get over it and figure it out. And I'm not saying that doesn't ever happen, 
But I am asking, how does that make you feel as an adult when your emotions just get shoved to the side because whomever you're talking to doesn't have empathy toward your situation? I'm assuming it wouldn't make you feel great because I know it wouldn't make me feel great, you know? So if he does throw a toy, for instance, because he's angry, that might look like, oh man, yeah, I see your tower fell down and that would make me upset too because it looks like you put a lot of hard work into it. Are you angry that it fell? Yeah, I understand that you're angry. But throwing toys can hurt someone around you or break something, and that's not a safe choice. Let's think of another way we can get out our anger or find a solution to the problem. Would it help if we rebuilt it together? Would that solve the problem? That teaches them that, you know, you do have empathy for them. You understand that it's a frustrating situation, that you're there to help them through it. But you also let them know that throwing toys isn't going to cut it. And if they do it again, that's when you get real stern. You say, I said we don't throw toys, it hurts somebody, and that's not okay in our house. It's not okay anywhere to throw. That's not a safe way to solve problems. I'm going to take the toy until you can show me you're ready to use safe hands when we play with our toys. But with that being said, it's also so essential to give them other ways to get out their frustrations as well. What happens when a big ball of anger gets suppressed? It's got to make its way out somehow. You might as well help it along by giving them a safe outlet. You want to kick? I get it. You're angry. I don't like you kicking me when you're angry because it's not kind. It hurts. You can choose to punch a pillow or you can zip up the coat and you can go outside and kick the ball for a sec. Which one do you choose? And if he chooses none, then you say, okay, then I guess you're done kicking. If the screams are happening and, you know, I even feel like screaming sometimes. I feel like letting out some choice words and I get them out but I go into another room and voice my frustrations where my toddler can't hear me and then I come back all hunky-dory. Okay, maybe not all the time, but (laughs) if my preschooler needs to scream, I say go for it. You can scream into a pillow, scream outside, scream in your room with the door closed, but you may not scream at another human being because it's not kind. That's not how we solve our problems. If you do, that's when there's gonna be some disciplinary action. That's the bottom line. And I think that's hard to remember to do sometimes because our little humans are just little humans. We wanna be in control of their every action because we are the big humans. We're big, they're small. We're right, they're wrong. And there's nothing they can do about it. Hey, did you get that reference? I'm taking you back to the Matilda days. (laughs) Kudos to you who got that. But that's not how it works. We've got to remember that they are like the same as adults. They have the same desires. They have the same frustrations emotions, but they don't know how to decipher or express their emotions yet. And that's the huge difference. And once you shift your paradigm in that aspect, the way you view your kids outbursts kind of changes because you understand that perspective, which is a good segue into the next piece to remember as we overcome the trying moments of parenthood. The next step is to figure out how to overcome the tantrum or behavior while staying in the right frame of mind. Like, what does that even mean? That means you are in the right mindset to parent proactively. And here's how you get into the right frame of mind, or at least here's how I do it. And oh my goodness, this is so important. I mentioned in a previous episode that sometimes you got to grin and bear it or, you know, cry and bear it, your choice, through a temper tantrum and just get through the moment and figure out how to dissect it later. It'd be helpful if you could like jump out of your body, you know, and watch things unfold from above while the situation is happening, but you can't. So the next best thing is to take a step back and look at the situation from an omniscient perspective, which sometimes happens after the fact. So take the other day, for instance, my toddler was riding the tantrum train or maybe more of an unkindness train. And it was just one moment after another. And I have been on my own a lot recently with the boys. And this was just a moment where I was feeling really low, like low in my parenting, low in my energy, low in my self-esteem, low in my abilities. And this just validated all of those feelings. Like I'm not doing it right at all. And again, After I let out a good cry, I had to take a step back and realize, okay, I need to look at this from a bigger picture. 
Michelle, your preschooler typically goes out of his way to be kind, and people are constantly saying how much he stands out. This is normal. These actions are a phase. He's just cranky, and he needs to get it all out. I just happen to be the one who's here dealing with it. So once I remember that, to get back into the right frame of mind after we made it to nap time, I sat down, and I simply, I just wrote out a prayer. I don't do well with verbalizing it because my mind just goes like in a thousand different directions. So, you know, God knows I can't do this on my own. So, you know, I instilled his help. I got out my paper and pen and just wrote out how I was feeling, how my preschooler was acting and asked God to give me the wisdom and discernment to know how to handle the situations that came my way that evening. And I also prayed that he helped me keep my patience and use the right strategies to move forward and just be who my boys needed me to be while dad was gone. And it was helpful. It was therapeutic. It was comforting. And I felt so much more confident after that, which was so much needed for me. It was so needed for me. And then after I got done with my prayer, I wrote myself a little pep talk. Yeah, that's me. I told myself that he was just going through a phase and that I wasn't a bad mom. I wrote out what he was doing, his behaviors, and strategies that I need to remember to pull out when he does it again. I specified the behaviors and I just want to point out like this is just a glimpse inside of a mom who suffers from anxiety and depression at times. It's I'm totally normal like you or you know maybe I'm not (laughs) maybe I'm not normal but I don't have it all together 100% of the time but I just sit down and I write it out. I have to figure out how to move forward sometimes. It's it's all there. It's just not organized or presented in the best fashion for my own liking or my own uh, success at first. Anywho, I digress. But I wrote out the behaviors and causes of the behaviors and what he was trying to tell me through his behaviors and solutions on how to handle it. And wouldn't you know, after nap, I had a much better grip on the situation. I was on top of it because I took the time to analyze what happened figure out a much more successful way to communicate and move forward with my preschooler while remembering that this behavior he's exhibiting is not the end of the world and it's not the end of my sweet boy either. So you can move forward however is best for you, whether it's through a pep talk to yourself or writing yourself a note to get it together or by praying, whatever. You just have to find a way to stay afloat and be proactive about it in the next moment that situation comes your way because you know it will, even if it means you need to talk to someone about it or do some research or reach out to me. I'm here. I'm going through it with you. It's okay. But if you stay in the reactive, woe is me frame of mind, then you're going to never feel successful in your parenting and it's not going to work out. You're just going to be frustrated all the time and that's no way to parent constantly every day there will be moments of frustration but it's not okay to be frustrated with your parenting every single day at every single moment it's going to wind you up in a place that you don't want to be but back to it there's also an overarching theme that you have to be consistent in your reactions and you have to repeat the same thing sometimes most of the time all the time because whether or not they are listening or whether or not they've decided to actually take your advice now and fyi they probs won't they will eventually They will start to pick up on that talk and eventually come to the conclusion on their own terms that a lot more good happens when they are kind versus when they are unkind. The first step for them is to hear it. The second is for them to verbalize it. The third, understand it. The fourth, to apply it. And the fifth, to apply it consistently and regularly, which may not even happen until closer to four or maybe even five. So, you know strap on, hang on, it'll get there. You just have to remember that the more consistent you are with iterating that what they are doing is not an okay way of handling situations and present them with solutions that they can do instead and remind them that they are loved and valued, the more likely they are to pick up on what you're saying and start to apply it themselves. 
and remind them that they can change the world for good. It will make an impact on them. I promise it'll, it'll cause a change in their hearts. And that's always a good thing. So it's a lot more complex than you may have anticipated. But the six key things to remember during those moments to recap on those trying days are to remind them that they're loved, validate their emotions and be empathetic, let them know that unkind behaviors are not tolerated and don't be cushy about it. Give them an outlet for their frustration. Find a way to stay in the right frame of mind and be consistent with your reactions and with what you tell them every single time. When you do these things, your toddler will begin to understand that emotions are okay and it's okay to feel things. Their feelings matter. There are safe ways to handle anger and frustration and that kindness is important no matter what. Just a word of warning though, don't be alarmed if it takes a hot minute for them to put it into practice. They are still only little humans after all. So just remember that. All right, that's all from me for this episode. All right, I can't wait to see you for next episode. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Real quick before you go, if today's episode made you laugh, learn, or love your littles a little more, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a written review for the Generation on a Mission podcast. If you're needing simple ideas to boost learning for your kiddo, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Michelle Shaw, S-C-H-A-U-F, or join our Facebook page at Generation on a Mission. See you next time.